my name is Sasha from Dallas. I am a licensed mental health counselor. I'm a seat counselor, and I'm also director of the Urban Male Leadership Academy. And I'm Tanuja Ramchow. This is Seek Human Spaces podcast, where we explore how to embrace our humanness while smashing oppressive norms. Today, Sasha and I are going to be talking about why authenticity can feel so hard. So thank you mm. for being here, Sasha, and talking about this topic. So let me start by asking you, how do you define authenticity? Um, I love that, right? Because when you were saying why authenticity could be so hard, I thought, why that it feels so inauthentic sometimes to be authentic? <laughs> for me, I, I think authenticity, you know, it's a word. I like most words in society. It gets thrown around like, yeah, you got to be your authentic self, but no one ever really helps us define it. Um, and I, I think authenticity is, and, and I am biased because I, you know, my, I was trained in clinical therapy, uh, but it, it's knowing yourself. It's knowing who you are uh, without the external noise, the external triggers, whatever it is that's happening to you. Um, it's knowing what it is that you like, what it is, that you, you're, you know, what you're drawn to, what you want to do in this world, who you are, what makes you laugh, what makes you angry, you know, all these little intricacies of being human. It's it's about getting to know yourself and therefore um, standing firm on some kind of platform within your own self, right? And being able to put that out into the world. Um, but I, which is also tricky, right? Because I think that authenticity becomes this thing like where people start to judge you sometimes like well you're not being as authentic and it's like you're not being as authentic as you would in other spaces let's say with your family but then there there's a there's always like this threat this commonality of who you are and how it comes out and I think it's so even explaining it it's so complex and it's so tricky to find but in yourself but I think that that to me is what authenticity is it's who you are and like how you get to that point Yes, I think it's definitely complex, but I also feel that it gets oversimplified. You know, you, you said oh, it yeah. like when somebody says, like, just be yourself, especially like in a college setting or, uh, you know, I see this as well um, in career. People just like, oh, just be yourself on the interview. Just be yourself in a networking yeah. situation. Don't worry about it. Right. And people worry about it, you know, because uh, I've have people come up to me and ask me, like, what do I say? Um, at a networking event what do I say in the interview right it's not simple and for the reason that you that you said because we don't get to be human for me authenticity is when you allow yourself to be fully human mm. and one of the things that you also said is that you're, you're just standing firm in a place within you and I love that so much because in a in a previous podcast episode, Emily and I talked about like this idea of stability as well, and where we're always looking for stability on the outside, stability in a job, stability mm. in a relationship, stability, stability, stability. And if you have something on the inside that's really firm that you can rely on, you don't have to go looking for stability in everything else. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and that is, it has been the hardest thing for me to find, I will say, um, for so many different reasons. Um, but it, it's only until now, uh, in at this point in time of my life and my career, that I, I've kind of started, and I say started, <laughs> because it's not fully there yet to feel like, hey, you know what, it's okay 
to be me, no matter what happens. And you said for many reasons, would you be open to sharing um, what some of those reasons are? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, intersectionality comes to mind, right? Because this is when all the identities come together. Um, so, uh, well, first of all, I'm a woman. I identify as a woman. And I think that in this world, we we have an experience. It's a socialized experience, right? Like it's the norms of, you know, what you can and cannot do, right? Um, and second, I am... I do identify as Latina. Um, however, my father was Greek. My mother is Colombian. And it was a weird experience growing up by race. Like, I don't want to say biracial. I always say bicultural because mm -hmm. um, I just never fit in. I never fit in. I grew up in a very Latino community, um, but I was never enough in their eyes, right? Uh, I was never Colombian enough. And then you know, I was I don't know how to speak Greek. Um, so like I was I I feel like I've just kind of blended in this world and just kind of moved outside of these like identity groups, right? So I've never and that has definitely shaped me. Um, and like I've and I think as uh, you know, someone looking in, I was able to realize like, oh, people don't like when you do this. Oh, people don't like that. So like this was all information that was being fed to me, and I recognized like, okay, this is how I have to show up. And that and that whole statement is not authentic. <laughs> That's a performance. Um, so yeah. And then also I would say the identity of uh, being someone who highly values education. So I, I would call myself an intellectual, right? Like I'm very philosophical and like, I, I think, and also New Yorker, hello. Uh, <laughs> definitely when people ask me, where are you from? Because of this bicultural experience, I can never really feel uh grounded in just Colombian or just Greek or just even Latina. It's mm -hmm. it's more so, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah, we have a different edge to us. I mean, that that's a few of them to say the least of my experiences. Yeah, and with each of those, right, there are limitations um, in terms yes. of how you should perform. And I always find that word interesting because it's used, um, you know, I think so liberally, right? It's like even in school, what what was your performance like in that in that class or even at work, right? We do performance reviews and we don't even realize like performance is acting. It's like exactly yeah. and yeah, and I, I get excited, so I apologize if I'm cutting you off, but I, I have to say this. It that's it's that that's a direct link between, you know that what you said or people advise you just be yourself versus the reality is that how can you be yourself in a world that has consistently rewarded you for performing yes yeah yeah it's and i mean right there why it's hard to be authentic because yeah. if it's your performance whether as a good child or, mm -hmm. or whether it's an a student or a top performer we hear it all the time, but it never, I mean, for me, this sank in only recently in terms of like the implications of that. I mean, just as you, you were saying that, you know, that it, it's just like starting, you're just starting to feel that stability within. It's the same for me. This is something that I still struggle with, especially in spaces where in the past, it's like, you know, I, I know it wasn't safe for me to, to show up mm. then. Yeah, uh, I, I I love that you said that, though, because just, again, we're constantly, us as adults, right, and us working with people who are younger than us, we're always seen or we always feel like we have to be the person that has it together. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And that sets up this dynamic where you're not fully yourself, right? And I, I think that that experience could bring so much to our students, right? So people working specifically in higher education, I wish we all could kind of, you know, congregate together and say like, hey, I don't have it all together and you don't have to have it all together because I genuinely believe that that changes the dynamic and how we relate to our students. Therefore, and ourselves, yeah. Absolutely. Therefore allowing everyone, right? It's it's not us teaching them, it's us gaining from them as well. Um, it's just, it's a space where you are allowed to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And not having it together is being human, that there's yes. nothing wrong with that, right? And it's that we pretend to have it together. Yes. Uh, it's so funny. I think as a therapist, um, in just when I would do clinical work, I still do clinical work on the side, but, and even with our students, it comes up, there's this uh, step one for me, I guess, it, with people in general is always normalizing this thing that they're going through. Because they don't recognize, I, I have an in. I know I've seen a certain amount of people and every one of those people has had an issue with showing up as themselves or feeling shame of who they, you know, and the way that they identify in this world. And I just wish I could bring them all together and be like, here, talk. Because it, they wouldn't need me anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of when I like talk to someone and they would tell me that they don't feel like they're good enough and, you know, that the, the anxiety they're feeling and all of that. And they would say, I'm so ashamed to tell anyone this because they would mm. never understand. And then I talk to the next person and they're telling me how they feel like they're not good enough and the, the anxiety they have. And it's so interesting that we, you know, and I talked uh, about this uh, with Jal when we did the imposter um, syndrome episode about how we also operate in this hyper uh, individualistic society, mm. right? And even like sharing and and talking about our struggles when it's community where that's healed and how that also you know leads to the hiding which prevents you from being authentic because then you know i am afraid to show you who i am because that uh doesn't feel safe and that comes from dominant culture where we're we're uh you know it's not safe to show emotions or you know we can't be sad at work or we're not allowed to cry in professional settings or you know mm -hmm. you can't be angry and i say to people all the time if a boundary is being crossed at work you should be angry you you yeah. know that's a, that, that's a, a natural reaction to that and how we we hold back because of all of the things that we believe that we, uh, you know, we need to be in order to be uh, professional in those settings. Yeah, professional, uh, therefore being accepted, therefore being liked, uh, therefore, you know, quote unquote, being enough, right? And I mm -hmm. love what you said about, you know, how you, they don't, you know, when these people come to you and they say that they don't feel enough, it's so ironic to me that we're all, and you talked about the dominant culture, right? So we're all participating in this dominant culture, not fully recognizing that this dominant culture, I'm going to throw the C word, aka capitalism, <laughs> mm -hmm. it is causing us to move uh, towards um, this idea that there cannot be people who are enough and then there will be people who are enough does that make mm -hmm. sense like yeah. there's always going to be a winner and loser in this system so we are inherently uh feeling this thing that comes from the very same thing that we're chasing 
Uh, and that is very confusing. Um, there has to be a winner and loser in this society. And you're gonna, and if you're not according, you, if according to the social standards, if you're not winning, uh, of course you don't feel like you're enough. And when it's a system that's causing you to feel that way, capitalism, that's how we also contribute to, as you said, we're participating in it and that's how we, we continue to perpetuate it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it, you know, it does segue really beautiful, in my opinion, into higher education and specifically where we are, right, Baruch? So I didn't say this, but um, I'm a CUNY, I'm a CUNY person all the way. I got my bachelor's uh, in Baruch College and I got my master's in CCNY. Um, but I remember what it was like to be in Baruch College as a psych major. That I think this is part of the reason why I am who I am today is um, because of that experience, recognizing that I knew my interest was not to be in business. Could I do it? I believe in myself enough that if I wanted to, I could. Uh, but I, I just, it just felt, it felt very inauthentic and misaligned with who I was. Right. So like I chose psych, um, I did it all the way. And, you know, I, I obviously went and got my master's. So it was something that was true to me, but that was one of the most difficult experiences. And, and it still is right. And I, and I don't know if people in higher education can relate to this, right. Because ironically, higher education is, is almost like a corporate world. So we are in a business, <laughs> something we don't acknowledge. Um, and we are not, up to par compared to other corporate worlds, right? So you can feel like, I have days where I literally feel like, oh, I think I chose the wrong field uh, because I'm not winning. And it takes a lot to just rewind and say, okay, Sasha, why are you doing this, right? Like to those platforms that I was talking about earlier, what, it, you know, I always, this is gonna sound very, very existential, but I am an existential human being. I always think back, I not think back, I always fast forward to like, you know, my last day, mm -hmm. how would I feel accomplished and happy with myself at the end of it all, right? And so like, that's how I kind of ground myself. I still, to this day, don't feel enough <laughs> with regards to winning. Yeah, and, and that is such a common feeling. I mean, like, I can relate to that as well. And I'm so happy that you brought up higher education, because I think higher education is one of those uh, fields that highly perpetuate capitalism and perpetuate white supremacy and perpetuate the patriarchy, oh, yes. but it's not talked about. And for me, I've I've said this, and I've said this openly, that students are supposed to be the clients of a college. Or at least we think students are the clients of the college. Mm -hmm. But the true clients of a university are employers. Because <laughs> it's basically the students become the products that you're molding for the consumption by employers. And yeah. at the end of the day, right? How could you be authentic when you have so many people advising you in what it means to move into the system? It's the dehumanizing nature of that. And that, that is why diversity, equity, inclusion is so big in so many of these organizations. But yet it's that in itself is performative. We're like, oh, let's get these people from historically marginalized backgrounds into our organization. But once you get them there, do you create the space for them? From my mm -hmm. experience, no. And it's where they have to perform based on the standards that have been established in terms of what it means to be a good employee, what it means to be professional. And 
that is so harmful. And when your survival depends on your career, how do you show up authentically knowing uh, that it's not safe to do so? Yeah. I mean, you just said a mouthful in my opinion, and it's something, and I love the fact that you feel this way and that you are talking about it because we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about what higher education really is doing to not just students nationwide, because it's a business at this point, right? Uh, and not to say that that's the only thing it is, but you know, it's trended towards more uh, a money-making system, in my opinion. So yeah, not only are we trending towards that, but now specifically with students of color, right? Like I can only speak for working in CUNY and being a part of the CUNY system. Now what we're doing is we're saying, here, come into college. It is the only way you're going to be validated. It is the only way that you're going to be able to feel good about yourself. And in order to do that, you have to show up X, Y, Z, and this is how it has to look. And every other part of you is not going to be validated. You know, we, I don't, it, it'd be very bad if you had an employee basically saying like, don't do that. That's bad. Right. Outrightly saying it, but we all do it. We all, to your point, we all uh, perform in this machine of this is what you have to do. And without actually saying it, we're, we're indirectly telling them, don't show up as yourself. Be shameful of those things that, you know, maybe the, the things that make you you and you can't bring up. And now we not have only affected their academic life and their career. Now we are affecting their personal life. And it is, it's, it's toxic. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I, one of the things that I, for me as well, because my career, um, unlike you, um, who chose like from the beginning, I went with finance because if I was on Wall Street, like, you know, I had yeah. made it. And, uh, you know, going back, like I, I've left that, um, that field now. And um, what I thought of, like, when I look back is that in, in the system that I was in, I was chasing privilege. I mean, that was what I was after because, you know, as you, as you keep going up, you're, you're, ha you're getting more privileged, the status and, mm. you know, the proximity to whiteness and like all of these things. It's like, there's a lot of privilege in, in that. And, you know, for me now, what I want is liberation. And, and those are two very different things because it's hard when you're chasing privilege to be authentic. And even the people who are the most privileged in society, I feel they're not authentic. You know, one of the analogies I use is the crabs in the barrel. And I know you and I had done a training back in yeah. 2021. And, and that's like something that they talked about, like crabs in a barrel behave the way they do because they're in a barrel. Mm -hmm. Crabs don't climb, you know, normally climb on top of each other and drag each other down and, you know, try to like get to the top. Because if you look at crabs on a beach, they're <laughs> free and life is great. It's, it's because the barrel is there that they have to do that. And, you know, the way that we also be behave in this competitive manner and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not share because what if they find out and not show up authentically? It's because the barrel is there. And when we don't recognize that the barrel is there, um, we continue to behave in that manner. Absolutely right. Part of my journey towards being authentic means pe keeping people around me who can uh, foster these conversations because if you're not practicing it, no matter how good you are in the moment it you know it's like a muscle it decreases so uh, a lot of my friends and I speak about this and me and my partner were having a conversation the other day where I, I told him like I'm very used to this deficit mindset 
like something's always going to be missing right um and that has to that that to me has to do with trauma uh and and then on top of everything the identities that I told you about (laughs) so it's just super super layered right um and it's very difficult when to your point the barrel itself is where we're um living and where we're performing in and you know this is how we we make a living uh this is how we survive that's that's the correct word and it's completely set up to keep you in a deficit mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to just kind of push yourself out of that and say, okay, how can I uh, lean towards abundance? Right. It's always being in the state of lack and, mm-hmm. you know, and looking for more and more and more. And again, in capitalism, you have tons of reasons to go out like, you know, and get more. Yeah. It's nonstop um, in, ter- in terms of um, all the things that you can do. And yet you never feel enough because mm-hmm. that's how the system thrives by you feeling that way, by you, um, you know, coming from that space of lack and always chasing something. But I also feel that when you say be authentic, this is switching gears a little. When you, when you say be authentic, people think I can just act however I want. And that's mm. not what, what being authentic means. Yeah, I completely agree with you, which is why I think in the beginning when I, I kind of talked about my definition, I said that it looks different, right? And it doesn't mean, because if you show up, let's just really think about it. If you show up one way all the time, it's going to once more be a performance um, because that's not human. So your mm-hmm. point, right? That's not mm-hmm. how we function. That is not how we move. It's you're going to get different parts of me in different situations, mm-hmm. Um but authenticity is that common thread, right? It's the through line of who you essentially are. And so I will say to start, and maybe I guess it's adding on to the definition of it, authenticity. It's it's about who you are as a person, right? Like your personality. And then on top of everything, the values that you choose to live by, right? Um, and I think you mix that together and yeah, you're going to have a different version of me, you know, speaking to you, Tanuja, versus when someone crosses my boundary, but all in all, my value, I I have done, and I, I can say this, and I think this is something that society doesn't teach you. Again, it doesn't teach you, right? It's such a shame. And I try and implement it into uh, our students, um, but it doesn't teach you what your values are, what, what it means to be a person of integrity, right? So like for me, I try very hard and I do not always hit the mark. I have to say that, <laughs> especially when I'm in a deficit mindset, but it's it. I try very hard to keep that thread consistent. Um, so yes, you are to your point, right? You're not gonna always get the the Sasha who is with her partner or the Sasha with her mother, because that's a, also the Sasha with her mother. And this is me being a therapist. The Sasha with her mother, let's just be real, is a nine year old little girl, mm-hmm. and I'm not that person at work, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many layers to us, right? Like, and I think. Uh, we have this expectation that we're supposed to have it all together and be consistent and it has to look the same. And then to to the point I made earlier, that's why sometimes it feels almost inauthentic because it's like, what is me? What is not? And like, it gets all confusing with these expectations and then who you really are. You know, especially for people who are coming from marginalized backgrounds, I think it's, they feel it like that, you know, that something is off you know it's like just how we are questioning capitalism or we are questioning the systems that we are part of I don't think everyone does that mm-hmm. and I think there has to be a, you know that pain for a lot of people is what sends them into seeking mm. 
Yeah. So what you said is it's again layered, right? Um, because I I think about the people that you were talking about who they get away with it in this performance because no one's stopping them. They're not hitting mm-hmm. brick walls the way I would say you know, uh, someone who identifies as a woman, as a woman right. of color, right? So we hit those brick walls earlier, which is, is something I, you know, as a person of, I, I do identify as a person of color. I take pride in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much resilience in our story. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic that we're meant to feel shame over mm-hmm. it. Um, So that's one, right? Like, I think that's why they're just kind of out in the world. That's what privilege is, right? You're out of mm-hmm. the world without being questioned or having to question yourself. Yeah. Because those are the norms and the norms are meant for you. Um, Life is going to force you to either keep, you know, trying to like climbing up that barrel or just stop and say like, all right, what am I really doing here? It's exhausting to do that. It's, oh my goodness, it's exhausting to climb up that barrel. And it's ironic, right? Like I had a, in 2021, my life shifted so many times over the years and I'm actually very grateful to it because it it does create resilience and I realize what I'm getting out of it. but it's not easy when you sit down and and then if you think about the crabs in a barrel uh, image, you know, you stop climbing. Now everyone's climbing on top of you and, and you're starting for the first time to feel how heavy this thing you've been doing really is. And that is that that's where your identity is like it's confusing and you're like who am I the existential yes. crisis as it's called, which I don't really think it's a crisis. I think it's an awakening. Absolutely. Right. And and so all I think it's a beautiful experience. And we don't again, I keep saying this, but we do not um, value that. Right. And so like to bring it back to education. So if life is going to do this thing for us, regardless of who we are and regardless of the system that we're in, because this is something I I think a lot of people go through um, us as, you know, people working in higher education. I personally feel, and this is opinion, an opinion of mine, but this is something I feel very strongly about, that it is also our responsibility to not just help our students elevate themselves within that barrel, but also to, to start questioning their mind, right? To start having them critically think about what they're doing, to start questioning their identity, because life is going to do this for them. So we are gearing them towards that, right? Um, and I feel like that is something that because of the nature of higher education, uh, even in just like 60 years, uh, what it used to mean versus what it looks like now, we have steered so far away from. Um, and I would love to start uh, some kind of movement where we get back to that because there's so much, um, there used to be so much status in having a, a, a degree, but not for the sake of the degree, but for the sake of being able to, you know, sit around and have conversations like Learn. And, yeah 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 and debate and get on your soapbox right like where does that term even come from it comes from having an opinion and then debating and mm-hmm. then making it into a dialogue and then mm-hmm. you know fleshing these things out and I, I feel like we just don't we don't teach that anymore mm-hmm. uh and it's it's worth revisiting because life will do it for you you mentioned identity as well and how that comes from our conditioning in terms of the identities that we take on, even me saying that I'm a woman and yeah. what that means in a patriarchal society. And someone uh, recently said something that really struck me where they said identity is our first addiction uh, because it's like we, you know, on a daily basis, we pick this thing up and we go and, mm-hmm. and this is like, it can seem like that is the 
that is who we are because we just keep picking this pattern up like on a daily mm. basis I pick the pattern up of I'm a woman or I pick the pattern up of even I'm a person of color that wasn't an identity that I consented to it was an identity that based on the system that I'm operating in that uh, you know and it also means that I have to play the role of mm. um, of those things and how that gets in the way of authenticity you know one thing I say to people all the time is that being authentic is hard, but not being authentic is hard as well. Absolutely. I It took a long time for me to to realize that it was just going to be hard all around. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to figure out which one I want to invest my time in and mm-hmm. my energy in. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying, right? Like, how do we teach our these young people that it's going to be hard? And that is normal. I also want to add on to what you said about the identity piece. Um, I love that it's true it, that that this person said this to you because it is true. We're so consumed with like putting ourselves in a label. But if you really think about the process of that, I do believe that is a very human process. And, you know, these are the ways that we are trying to connect in this society by, you know, being a part of something. Right. So if you have a label, now you're a part of a community. And right. I, I think we do. And need community that is what we want. Yes. And so we need that for our survival, but we need to start again, like turning on its head. Yeah. Real authenticity. Not it is not the way you think a woman should look. The reality is like we can all, you know, find ourselves in the same label, but it's going to be a completely different experience. Yeah. And that that's the normal part. That's the community mm-hmm. when you talk about it. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, this I love this conversation. And I feel like I can go on forever. And I'm sure we're going to have more conversations like this, Sasha. But I want to say thank you. And thank you all for listening. This is the Seek Human Spaces podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. Catch you next time. And remember to be human.